What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Extraordinary Games Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dave Winchester. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil 4. Yes, the classic from 2005, not the remake, but we will talk about that one once it comes out. And my guest this week is going to be Harrison. You'll probably remember him from the Dead Space podcast from a few weeks ago, and we have him back here talking more survival horror goodness. He is the resident survival horror guy, and I'm always glad to have him on. Now, to get into some housekeeping stuff. First and foremost, thank you all for listening. The channel growth for this podcast has been amazing the past few weeks. I don't know if it's because I'm uploading more regularly lately or if it's because people are sharing it more and getting the word out, but thank you, thank you, thank you. The more of you that listen, the better I feel about doing this and I feel like I'm not just talking to myself, which is great. I hope you're all enjoying it. Make sure that if you are liking it, you visit the Facebook page, you know, you can comment there, leave a comment, let me know what you think you can find me on twitter the link is always in the description below you can also find us on youtube where there are supplemental videos for each and every podcast with the exception of two of them because i haven't had time to go back and edit them i've actually started a secondary twitch channel so that way as i'm playing these games i can just upload the videos there and use that footage so that way i can actually edit these videos a little bit quicker i don't have to go back and record it after the fact so hopefully that speeds things along Like I said before, just make sure you're sharing this podcast with your friends if you're really enjoying it. And the other thing I really want to get into is if you want to be a guest on the podcast, please just contact me. If there's a game you're really passionate about, and especially if it's a classic game, because I love talking about the classics, anything like PlayStation and before is really my wheelhouse. Even actually Xbox, like the OG Xbox and before, I just love talking about those games. So make sure that if you want to be on this and you have a Discord and a mic, that's really all you need, you hit me up and let me know. And I'll be sure to try to get you on here, especially if it's a a game that I really want to talk about. I'll do whatever I can to get you on. Also, if it's a game that I might not want to talk about and it's something I haven't played, uh, I might actually just go back and play and see if I actually enjoy it. It might be just something that I missed. But yeah, keep that in mind. If you really are passionate and want to be on the podcast, There's tons of ways to contact me. Like I said, all the links are in the description. So just make sure to do it there. Make sure you follow us on Spotify. We're on Amazon Podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Pandora. So if you really like this, follow me there. You'll get these each and every week when they come out. They upload every single Monday. So you'll have something new to listen to on your way to work or wherever you're going for that week. Uh, Like I said, I really appreciate all of you guys listening and all the support. Thank you again. And just a quick note on last week's Mega Man X podcast. I keep saying Mega Man Anniversary Collection for some reason during that podcast. What I actually mean is the Mega Man X Legacy Collection. I don't know why I had Anniversary Collection stuck in my head. Maybe just because there's so many of those collections coming out that that name was just stuck in. But anytime I say Anniversary Collection, what I really mean is the Legacy Collection. I was actually playing it on the Switch, but the Legacy Collection is pretty much everywhere. So just keep that in mind. And one last thing before we get into the podcast, I'll just let you know what I'm currently playing. Right now, I actually just started Hi-Fi Rush, which is the uh, game from Shinji Mikami. The the people behind, you know, Evil Within, Evil Within 2, and recently Ghostwire Tokyo. They released this 
crazy action platforming game on Xbox. Just kind of like shadow dropped it during the Xbox conference the other week. And I decided to try it out and see if I liked it. And holy shit, is it amazing. I've played probably an hour of it so far. And I'm really, really enjoying it. I'm hoping somebody else that I you know, talk to on the podcast plays this because it's really cool and I really want to talk about it. But if not, you'll probably get just like a solo me gushing over this game podcast within the next couple weeks. I'm also still trying to finish up Tormented Souls on the PlayStation 4. I don't know how long it's going to take for me to beat that just because I have so much stuff going on. I wasn't expecting having to do so much work this week, plus editing this podcast, plus trying to make time for my family. So that game is kind of just sucking a lot of time and hopefully I finish it this week so I can move on to God of War Ragnarok the following week and I'm still playing the Castlevania Advance Collection on my Nintendo Switch you know just playing those old school Game Boy Advance games on the Switch it really feels good I really love those games they're great for on the go because I can just like kind of pop in play a little bit of it and then just like put my switch to sleep and then you know keep going about my day so i'm having fun doing that as well and that is pretty much it that's all i wanted to talk about before this episode i hope you really enjoy this one uh i had a ton of fun talking about resident evil 4 i think this is actually the first resident evil game that we've covered on the podcast which is funny because it's not exactly my favorite resident evil game but i do think it's great And I think it did something really cool to the third-person action genre as well as the survival horror genre. And we talk about all that stuff. So I'm going to put on some music from Resident Evil 4. And then when we come back, I'll be back with Harrison. We'll be talking about this spectacular, genre-defining, genre-changing game. So enjoy. Harrison, how's it going? Yeah, we're back doing this uh, another survival horror game. Yeah, it's it's great. Speaking of back, it was back day today at the gym. Uh, I just wanted to put that in somewhere. Uh, (laughs) People are just at the gym all the time. It's very busy. But main point talking Resident Evil 4 today. Yeah, you can't really talk too many survival horror games without, you know, tiptoeing over this. Uh, so I was actually, when I was playing this today, I was thinking about this. Does this count as a survival horror game? It's like, I feel like this helped Pioneer. At the very least, it helped Pioneer. Like, survival action game? Because it's like, like I'm looking at my inventory right now in Resident Evil 4. I'm pretty flush. Like, like getting hurt feels bad and wasting stuff feels bad. But, like, at no point are you underpowered that's the problem yeah and they expand your inventory to the point where like it doesn't matter after a while it just you have so much space that i I think when i was just doing my current playthrough as evil 4 i started uh in a new game plus because i just wanted to blow through it to get like the storyline beats and you know all the Mm -hmm. the big action pieces and i had a tmp with a stock a sniper rifle with the the thermal scope a, sh- a striker shotgun and a pistol 
And that only took up about a third of my inventory space. And then the rest was just like a boatload of herbs and hand grenades. So you're never really under, like you never are lacking in inventory space after probably the first half of the game. No, yeah. And that's one of the, I don't It's it's difficult to say because if it's your first playthrough, like completely fresh, yeah, you'll probably, you know, fumble a bit. But it, it feels like it holds your hand, but also... Like as soon as it gives you something, it takes it back. It's it's a good game for that, but it's a sign of things to come as the series went on. Like Resident Evil Five was almost entirely action. Resident Evil Six was something weird. I, I don't even want to get into that. Yeah, it definitely was a starting point for where the series took a turn for action. And honestly, I did start on that professional difficulty. Like I said before, uh, so before I started New Game Plus, I did like a couple levels on professional difficulty and professional really does not fuck around. The enemies take way longer to kill. Uh, they're way more scarce on ammo, so they won't drop as much ammo, but they'll drop more money. If that makes like, yeah, I guess that's their way of kind of balancing it out. So you're not super flush with ammo. You actually have to mm. like buy a lot of stuff, which is cool, but professional difficulty, if you're looking for like survival horror, I think that's really the way to go in this game. But otherwise, this is, I count it mostly as a straight action game. Probably after, I would say, the second chapter. It just turns almost completely action. It's strange because the game is segmented into, you can call it like three main parts. There's the village, the castle, and then the island. And as the game itself keeps going, not even just the series, but the one game keeps going, it gets more and more action-y to the point where it's like, like, you're starting off fighting farmers, essentially, and then the ending is a guy shooting you with a minigun. Like, that's where it gets to at that point. It's like, all right, this is a little too much. Well, by the time you get to the castle, you have enemies with RPGs shooting at you, and I had totally forgotten about that until I had gotten to there today, and that one section where you're trapped in a little room, and all of a sudden, one of the paintings kind of, like, lifts up, and behind the painting is just two guys with RPGs. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, right. that's what we're doing now. <laughs> it's a very strange thing to add in, you know? I, I appreciate that because it this game is, is good about... Uh, it's trying to funnel you into different spots, which as the series progresses, it's really good at doing as far as, like, you'll have various holdout segments. Like, the... The biggest one, obviously, being the cabin in, I don't know, chapter something. 2 dash, I where think it's like 2-1, because I'm pretty sure it's almost right after you get off the boat. It is really early on. So, but that it's holdout, around there. Yeah, but that holdout segment's actually pretty fun. It is very fun. They do the smart thing where it's like you don't have to worry about Ashley when you're in that segment. So yeah. you can actually just concentrate on killing the enemies coming in. Because if you were babysitting Ashley that whole time during that segment, it would suck ass. I would just be, Absolutely. I would just put put down my control and fucking quit the game. Because once you get further on, especially into the the water room and shit, the, like the escorting Ashley thing is just such a pain in the ass. Uh, see, that was a big thing. Even when the game came out, people were uh, people were up in arms about that. And I've been replaying it. Uh, I've played this, we've both played this a fair number of times, yeah? Yeah, I think I've probably played it like seven or eight at least. I'd say I'm around that too. Maybe a little less, but 
a little less all the way through, but I played the first two thirds of the game countless times, which we'll get into that later, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. But people were real upset about the soft escort mission aspects to it. But replaying it every single time I play through this, it's less and less profound on me. Like most of the time you just pick a corner and she goes to it or there's spots where she can just hide and won't be attacked at all. They at least give you the option to leave her in a, this is going to sound horrible, where you just leave her in a dumpster. Like most segments that are super difficult to keep track of her while she's with you, they pretty much just give you a dumpster. She can jump in that. You don't have to worry about her getting carried away or killed by anyone. And you can concentrate on killing enemies. And any part before you get to those areas where you're literally just killing enemies you don't really have to worry that much about her because there's not a crazy amount of people attacking you. And once you get to the parts where they are attacking you in heavy numbers, they either take her out of the game completely and just have like Leon playing or they, like I said, give you stuff that she can hide in. And that includes like the only part I would actually exclude from that is the water room. And that was specifically designed to kind of teach you how to, to manage having her with you and the things that you'd have to do. But that room is super fucking difficult. It is. Even on my most recent playthrough, I was going through it and I'm like, Jesus Christ, it was, it was nail biting. Like truly, no matter how many times I've played this, there's still some sections that trip me up. And one of those being the very first like big combat area of the village, which that's just, that's iconic as far as Resident Evil 4 goes. Like, you can't talk about the game without talking about that opening segment. So much so, I'm pretty sure they put it in the uh, the remake trailer. Like, just seeing some gameplay for that. And there's a whole bunch of ways you can tackle that area, too, which is what I appreciate about it. Everyone has a different strategy. We were talking about this off-air, but you had a specific one that I was very curious about. Not to go into it, but <laughs> it, was, it, it was interesting because the game... You know, on your first playthrough, you're probably going to go into a specific area. The game thought of that. Now now it's snowballing. The game has a great aspect for, like, you make a choice, and then depending on what you chose, it may snowball into something else. Like, you go into the big house in the village during that segment, and now you're fighting more guys, but you have, like, a little power creep to it. You now have a shotgun. Like, it steps you up. It doesn't. It doesn't feel unfair. Anytime you get hurt, it kind of feels like it's on you, with some exceptions. I would agree with that. And uh, before we get into... So we we pretty much jumped right into the big stuff. I have to ask, when was the very first time you played this game? Because I know exactly when I saw this game first and when I first played it and why it was so cool. But I'm curious to know, like, how did you start playing Resident Evil 4? So one of my older brothers, big, big into horror, especially Resident Evil, Dino Crisis, like all the original Resident Evils I saw or played in some facet. Uh, he actually got this for PS2. And that's a whole thing, you know, with PS2 or GameCube. I played the GameCube version sparingly. For me, growing up, it was the PS2 version when it came out. And I distinctly remember just playing it. And I think the furthest I got when I was a kid was in the castle somewhere i think specifically the part where you're running from salzdar's giant robot statue i think that was as <laughs> far as i made it when i was younger that makes sense that's probably where the game gets really fucking weird too that's about just a little bit past the halfway point if i, I remember correctly 
Mm. So the first time I actually saw this game, I was just starting out at Game Crazy. Actually, I'd probably been there like maybe a year and Capcom released a trailer for it on GameCube. And at the time, I don't think I had a GameCube or I was just looking into getting one. And my boss at the time, this guy, uh, James, he was super into Resident Evil, probably more so than even I was at the time. And he came into work and he had uh, the trailer demo in his hand because we were supposed to be like playing it in the store the entire time. And I probably watched that demo like five times. And the demo was pretty much just that starting scene where you're in the village. And it was just showcasing how smart the enemy AI was. And at the time, like in 2004, when I was watching this, it was insane. Because you're looking at this demo and you could see the enemies grabbing ladders and trying to break through windows and using tactics and trying to like funnel you into certain areas. And no games were using AI like that. And the fact that it was in a game that is a Resident Evil game where most of the time in any of the previous games, you're just fighting zombies that are brain dead or dogs that are brain dead and just attack you. And then seeing this like level of intelligence coming from the enemies was fucking groundbreaking. And then once the game released, I had uh, purchased the GameCube by that point. And I probably powerhouse through that game in like three or four days. And we would come into work and each one of us that was working, like if I was working with like James or uh, one of my other bosses, we were all playing at the same time. And we would just be like, oh, did you see this part? Or did you get this part? Or, you know, did you hunt down treasures? Or like, what weapons are you using? Did you upgrade your sniper rifle yet? So it was like a huge deal for probably a month or so when it came out and everybody was talking about it. And then, of course, like a few years later, it was released on the PlayStation 2. And everybody's like, why the hell is it on the PlayStation 2? Because Shinji Mikami said it would only be released on the GameCube. And there was that whole shit. But for that like mm. period of time, the Resident Evil 5, uh, like 4, when it came out, made the GameCube cool. Because for the longest time, people thought it was just like this shitty system that you played Smash Brothers and Mario on. And I didn't think that because I was working at a game store, but a majority of the people coming in thought that was what the GameCube was. And now they had like this hardcore game that was like super cool and not on any other console. Actually, probably like shot up the sales in GameCube by like at least 50 to 75%. It was nuts. So that's kind of the fucked thing is going back a little bit, Resident Evil 4 was supposed to be exclusive to the GameCube. It was supposed to be like a flagship game along with like four other games, I think. But yeah, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, one of them was Killer 7, yeah? Uh, I think it was, uh, it might have been Killer 7, PNO3 was one of them. That one never came out, correct? Oh, no, it did. And it was really bad. It was like what a, was the one? It was like a weird arcade game almost. Like you, you went through levels, and it was like a third-person shooter where you, you went through for score. Um, mm. And I can't remember what the other one. It might have been like Beautiful Joe or something like that. Was there the was one. there was one that never came out? Like it just like evaporated. But regardless, it came out on the PS2. I think first or something or around that same point. I don't know which came first, and it just blew up because most people had playstation 2s and it was like oh hell yeah dude i'm just gonna buy it on this and that's what i played it on and i was like this is 
And also, this game has been remastered or re-released so many times. Calling it remastered at this point is just, you know, it's not really. It's just kind of put onto another console. Oh, but yeah. I'm playing on Xbox back. and it looks like garbage. Like, it doesn't look mm. like garbage, but it definitely looks like they didn't do anything to the game, even though it's the HD version. Like, everything still looks muddy. I feel like they put some sort of, like, I want to say filter effect over it. Because everything seems really just... It's like when you play Silent Hill and they have that filter over everything, the film grain filter. It kind of looks like that all the time. So it doesn't look particularly good in the the HD versions of the game. Like, if you can play this thing on, like... Because when I played it, I was playing it on a CRT back in the day. I think I didn't even use component cables. It was just, like, the GameCube composite cables, CRT. And this game was... fucking beautiful now it's just like it kind of it's sad but it kind of looks like garbage if you're playing it and on hd tv like it still looks great everything's there but it's really obvious to see the age added to it like you look at anything cylindrical you can see the hard polygonal edges of it it's a little difficult but when it came out this game is beautiful like it really showcased the absolute power the both the GameCube and the PlayStation 2 had. Like, this was pushing every single limit it could. And, you know, as far as, like, gameplay controls, just gore and graphics, like, it was a fantastic game. And you can... I was thinking about this earlier. They put so much into this game, not even just the main story, but it it's a game that keeps on giving. When you beat the main story, you unlock more things, like, things that would be DLC at this point. But Resident Evil games have just continued doing that. They still offer more. Like, you're bound to find an extra mode or two in even the most recent games. But that's something else entirely. Yeah, it's still in that kind of... I want to say, like, when you started playing video games all the way up until probably the mid-2010s, maybe even a little bit before that, like, now DLC is just expected. When you finish a game, you expect the DLC to come out like a month later or whatever, and you're going to have to shell out more money for it. But prior to like 2010, that was not the case. Like if games had DLC, it was usually pretty substantial. It was like an expansion pack. But these games in particular, mostly the Capcom games, to be honest, when they came out, they were the full package. Like you did not have to go and buy anything else after the fact. It was like you bought the game, even Resident Evil 5 in... I want to say even probably Resident Evil 6 because I don't remember any DLC for Resident Evil 6 unless there was like pay to win stuff where you just buy like extra ammo or whatever the points were for it. There may have been some like new maps for mercenaries mode, but I that's the thing with future Resident Evil games past Resident Evil 4. My brain starts to dip off with memory until it gets back to like Resident Evil 7 and 8 because that's when, you know... It sort of had a renaissance for all the good things Resident Evil 4 did. It gave Capcom the wrong impression of what people wanted. People liked a good balance of like more horror and shooter. Like that's where things were at. But they amplified the shooter aspects and then toned down the horror to try and get like, you know, the more casual gamers and whatnot. Not saying anyone's casual, but, you know, Resident Evil is for the pros. No. <laughs> but I would agree that Resident Evil has a more niche audience, and it always will. 
I don't understand, and I was watching a, a Halo video and the, the same rules apply to this. I don't understand why companies keep going after this Call of Duty audience. Like they're like the end all be all. If you put out a game in the genre that you're like aiming for. So if you're making a survival horror game and you put out a spectacular survival horror game, you're going to get sales because a good game will kind of transcend the genre. Call of Duty is what it is. Call of Duty is like Madden or any other like sports game essentially. Like those people are just like fair weather friends. They'll they'll come in, they'll buy that game every year. It's probably the only game they're going to play. But for gamers, like a lot of, and I hate using the term gamers because it's so fucking, <laughs> there's such a it, fucking it sounds, stigma. It sounds embarrassing. Like, yeah. Like it's a dirty word. Like, oh, don't say the G word. Like, oh, it's just, it's, it's foul. I hate it. But yeah. also, you know. But like, you have to think of it this way. If you're playing, if you're a person that plays a lot of video games and like, I have like a huge collection of games. If it's a game that kind of is exceptional in its genre even if it's a genre i don't play with the exception of fucking sports games because i'll i fucking don't play sports games but everything else any other genre even if it's like a fucking tactical rpg which i don't usually play a lot of if a game comes out and it's really really good in that genre and it's like getting like nines and tens out of tens by reviewers and the people i'm talking to like that i know play games really like it then I'm probably going to buy it. And I don't know why fucking companies just don't understand that. Like, make a good game. Don't make a game that's trying to specifically appeal to, like, the mass audience. If you just make a good game, people will buy it. That doesn't sound like such a crazy concept to me. And that's the weird thing. Like, when Resident Evil 4 initially came out, they weren't doing this. But as time has progressed, there was, like... I'm sure, like, around the time Call of Duty 4 came out, games are starting to do this, but the Call of Dutification of video games for a period where every game had to have multiplayer. We touched on this briefly in the Dead Space video, but or the podcast, but, like, Dead Space 2, for some reason, needed to have multiplayer. And that's not a choice by any developer. It was a sales idea. Like, it wasn't maybe they actually really wanted to have it in but you can tell it's half baked and that's similar with everything but resident evil it feels like one of those series is where it kind of keeps itself like very contained to what it's doing minus like trying to make more action happen or like doing their own thing like resident evil is an anomaly where the stories make no sense constantly and they're always trying to intertwine it it's like like if you want a good sense of the story in any resident evil game book movie whatever just watch one of the movies it makes no sense whatsoever but the fans will love it like no matter what fans love resident evil and i'm i'm similar i like some of the resident evils but god will i admit they are when they're shit or when they're campy. And that's one of the charming things about Resident Evil 4 is it's got some level of charm to it as far as like campiness. There's some things that happen where it's like just corny. So I want to talk about something that I've been like, I've been really mulling over this for the past probably two or three weeks. 
Do you think in the Resident Evil 4 remake that they're actually going to keep a lot of this campiness? Or do you think they're going to stick with the type of, I don't want to call it vibe, but like the vibe of the Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 remakes where they're kind of more based in reality than like the, the original games were? So I don't know if you know this, but Resident Evil 4 was originally intended to be more like more horror oriented. Like it was supposed to be a scary game, I think set in a mansion. You can see some original like beta footage from the Japanese release of it, like very early stages. But a lot of the things we know Resident Evil 4 to be is in there, like the over the shoulder camera, the just like more close to the body sort of feel to it with some of the action it was originally supposed to be like that and from what i've seen of the uh the resident evil 4 remake remaster what have you reimagining if we're being poetic it seems like they're leaning more towards the horror because you know they've they've towed the line with resident evil 7 and 8 which is like their renaissance now they're doing something else which full disclosure i love both those games dearly but they're starting to get campy with it, you know? Ethan's a more, like, cheeky sort of character. Obviously, he's human, but he, he cracks wise, kind of like Leon does in Resident Evil 4, at least. But it seems like they're probably going to go a little more like Resident Evil 2 Remake Leon, as opposed to Resident Evil 4 Original Leon, where he's, like, you know, this emo bad boy, but he's a snarky asshole a little bit. But, like, in a charming sort of Nathan Drake-ish way. Like, yeah. So, my money's on it's going to be more horror and serious. But probably with some, like, little jokes somewhere in there. So, that's going to bring me back to the original game here. Because playing through it now, I was trying to figure out why I wasn't enjoying this game as much as I had done like years ago when I had first played it. And I think it comes down to the fact that this game for some for some like reason in my mind is so far away from any sense of like reality that I can't really get into it again. So when I'm playing like Resident Evil 2 remake or Resident Evil 3 remake or even the originals of those games I feel like the the whole game basis kind of could happen. Like not maybe not exactly the way it does in the games, but yeah, there are evil corporations out there. They probably could develop like a really shitty virus that kills people and everything when you're playing the game, nothing gets too out of hand. Besides the fact that the characters get bit a lot and somehow don't get infected, I think they're very grounded in reality for the most part from like the way the characters move and the way the characters behave. It still kind of takes place in like a believable way. But then once you get to this game and you're in this crazy situation and you have people doing like backflips and you have little like like Salazar just as a character as a whole is so fucking wacky and out there. And you have this giant castle filled with like crazy death traps and spike pits and fucking pendulums going back and forth. I think it just took like a little bit too much of a step in like the wacky, like to the wackiness of it. And now I just, I just can't enjoy it the way I did when I was younger for some reason. And I'm kind of hoping that the remake actually 
brings it back into like a, a realistic foundation. But I don't know how they're going to make a remake like that where it will appeal to the people that played the game originally, but somehow keep it semi-grounded like the previous two remakes did, you know? The previous two remakes have been really well adapted, but it's also coming from a place where they, they're they so different that it's kind of just immediately accepted that it's like a good remake, you know? The two and three had fixed camera angles. They had tank controls. It's real easy to improve on that in the modern age where everything is like over-the-shoulder gunfighting is essentially just a template at this point. Like, ever since Gears of War popularized it with cover-based shooting, not popularized it, but helped to, it's pretty much just been cut and dry. So it's kind of hard to mess up for those two. But I agree, Resident Evil 4, you know, recapturing that, you know, you kind of have to come at it with a completely different idea. And I think focusing more on the horror aspects is a great plan. And also, it would be nice to have, as silly as it may sound, a more serious Resident Evil game. Like, I'm completely fine with Resident Evil 4 being, like, a little wacky because the story itself is so self-contained that it really doesn't matter too much. Like, it's it feels fine because you're not constantly bogged down with what's going on. The The story is so basic. The president's daughter gets kidnapped, and then you got to send the most handsome man to go do it because, fuck it, he's done things before. So Leon goes, and then he has to go rescue her. And she just keeps getting captured. Like, even when she's already captured, she's getting captured again. She's getting so more captured. Him. Like, she, she'll, the, she's already there. We, she's just getting more captured. We talked about this briefly, but when you're escorting her, occasionally she just gets captured in a cutscene, and that's fine. But when you're, when you're escorting her, she can get picked up and then taken away, and then she gets captured, and then you're like, oh, no. What did I do? It's like, why is that time bad? She's been getting captured like 30 times over. She does get captured a lot in this game. Like for those of you keeping track, it's like at least three or four times. I'm going to go out on a limb and say six. That's just a guess. (laughs) But six feels right. You know, it could be six. And, And I feel like that speaks to that. That feels like an 11th hour change. With, like, you know, they wanted to have a little escorting, but they're like, oh, this is bullshit. Nobody wants this. Let's just have her get captured again. Or, like, with the dumpsters, that feels like they were like, oh, fuck, what do we do? (laughs) This part sucks. This isn't fun. And that's what I appreciate about Resident Evil 4 is it feels like it put fun first and story second. Because at any moment, you're not being force-fed story, which... Resident Evil is a mind-boggling experience. Like, in I'm thinking of uh, was it Resident Evil? What was the one on the DS? Uh, Revelations. Revelations. Yeah, that game's that all one, story. I I hate that one. I hate everything about that one. <laughs> it's bad, and I will defend that stance. It's all terrible story. It's Resident Evil at its worst. I but personally. Yeah, I personally think you're right on that. Like, once they started getting too heavy into story, and I would even argue that it kind of started to happen in Resident Evil 4, where they were like, they brought back Ada Wong, and then they brought in Krauser, and then, you know, you have uh, 
more actually wait no wesker wasn't in this one right but he is like mentioned several he times show, he shows up in like cutscenes, and you can play him as a character in mercenaries which again the game that keeps on giving this guy isn't even a character in Resident <laughs> Evil 4. He's in like two cutscenes, and you can still play him, and it's completely different than anyone else. Hunk is in this I as know. a character you can play. It's fucking wonderful. <laughs> like this game gives so much, and no matter how many times people will say like, oh, our game is inspired heavily by Resident Evil 4, it's never going to be enough because this game has given so much, and... It it deserves a lot of praise. So anytime it comes out, I've bought it like five times maybe. There was a time I bought it on Switch because I wanted to play it and could, didn't have access to it at that very minute. So I just bought it on my Switch. Like that's how much this game means to me. Yeah, it's probably one of the highest selling games of all time if I had to take a guess just because of that reason. And it's been released on literally everything. Like you can get it on... <laughs> excuse me you can get it on ps4 you can get it on ps5 through ps4 backward compatibility uh xbox one series x switch uh it came out on the 360 and ps3 as like an hd version i think it even came out on a on a uh, refrigerator i remember reading like the the wikipedia page for it and it's like yeah it's on the toshiba t- uh fridge it's like whoa, whoa, wait what the fuck does that mean <laughs> it's on some strange appliance yeah and i'm also gonna say this too for the people that have an oculus um or like any sort of vr that you can get i think it's actually only on oculus now that i think about it you have to play resident evil 4 on the oculus it's or meta whatever the hell they call it now that it's such a good experience on that i get motion sickness so i only played through probably like the first half of the game before i sold sold my oculus off but holy shit this game in vr is so fucking good and i hope when they come out with uh, resident evil 8 for the psvr 2 it's as good as like the resident evil 4 vr was did you ever play the vr for 7 oh no i fucking wish but that's another one that only came out on playstation 4 and the playstation 4 headset is not very good like I was playing on when I was playing on Oculus. I could see why people prefer Oculus over the PSVR. PSVR has this like really bad screen door effect, and the um, the refresh rate. If you get even like slightly motion sick, it's amplified because it's not refreshing the image as much. Um, so I never played it on that. But I, I think there might be a mod for PC where you can actually play on PC now. But I'm not sure. Interesting. I have not played any Resident Evil VR, but I've seen some of Seven. It looks amazing, and oh, yeah, and I'm just excited with where Resident Evil is going. When when the remake for Two and Three came out, I was so excited. I was like, "This is great! It plays amazing." And then when Seven came out, people were dogging on it because they're like, "It's first person Call of Duty." You know, it's like, stop, stop comparing things to Call of Duty. <laughs> first off, especially and just based on game. camera angle, like the camera angle fucking means nothing. Like it's That's the experience. I saw people being upset. They're like, this isn't Resident Evil. It's like, what is Resident Evil? Because clearly anything in the past hasn't been working. Anything past Resident Evil 4 wasn't working. So clearly it's not the camera angle. You know, maybe change it up. Maybe have competent writers <laughs> or like actually know what's going on in a game and have fun with it. 
So I have this theory that the Resident Evil 4 remake is actually going to be a soft reboot of the rest of the franchise. I think um, because of the way Resident Evil 2 and 3 were. So 2 was almost like shot for shot, like the original game. Like if you look back at it, it's it's super close. Yes, the camera angle is different. Yes, they added a few more things. But the plot and overall concept of the game is spot on. And I think I would have to say that Resident Evil 2 was probably like the highlight of the story of the whole series for me because everything just worked perfectly in that game. And then when you got to Resident Evil 3, they tweaked a little bit of it. Overall, it's kind of the same concept as Resident Evil 3, but they took out a lot of the filler, um, added in a lot more backstory with Jill and, you know, they, they just streamlined Resident Evil 3 really well with the remake. And I think what they're going to do is with Resident Evil 4 is take all the, the stuff that kind of took the franchise into that like really days of our lives, melodramatic, campy story bullshit. And I think they're probably going to take a lot of that out, streamline the story, and like keep it more like horror action based. Like more leaning towards horror, but keeping that action feel in there. And then going forward, I think they're actually going to just like slowly reboot the entire franchise. I think that's definitely how it's going to go. Because when you're thinking like even remaking two, it's like, all right, well, now we have to remake three. All right, we've remade three. Fuck it. Let's get to four. But then you get to four, you remake four, you redo it. But then you have to pause before you even do any of that because you're like, wait, say we remake this. That implies we have to remake five, and God, do we not want to do that, because clearly it didn't really work out for us. We were able to squeeze out another game, but then we had to essentially reboot everything. So let's let's take a pause and rework what we can before we jump into anything else. So I definitely feel like they're going to go more horror, but keep the action, because the action is what's fun about the gameplay, not... Not saying it needs to be like running gun, literally taking cover, but it does need to at least meet meet modern gaming halfway. Where like tank controls are great, sure, whatever. You know, they make it more scary because it plays like dog shit. Oh, <laughs> like uh, yeah, sure, that's fine. It's not the combat is not fun in those games. Resident Evil Two remake showed that you can do a modern game. And have it feel similar without feeling like it's boring. And it still has inventory management. It still has, you know, item management and whatnot where you have to, you know, min-max what you use. And just don't be afraid to fuck up and try again. I definitely think that's where it's going to go because they need to do that in order to get to another game. And chances are by the time you get to five, they might still have something. Personally, I would love to see them remake 5 or reimagine it because I think on the whole, it's a good game, but it came out at the wrong time and it's clearly influenced by a whole slew of things. Like They wanted to push more towards the action demographic, but it's still a Resident Evil game. You can't alienate your core base. So they were like dancing with it a little bit. By the time they got to 6, they didn't know what they were doing. So they're like, fuck it, do whatever. I would agree with that. On top of that, though, did you know that they're actually, like, not them, not Capcom themselves, but somebody's remaking Resident Evil 5 and modding it so that way it's at night 
And apparently that alone makes the gameplay so much better. Like just the atmosphere of the first few levels being at night pretty much changes the whole feel of the game. So I'm wondering if like when they do get to five, if that's the steps that they're going to take where they're going to kind of just tweak things here and there and get rid of the excess storyline plots that you don't need and then tweak the environment so that way it feels more like a horror game. And then they wouldn't really have to remake, like rework the entirety of the game. They can still kind of, you know, use the same setting, but just modify it so that way it fits the genre a little bit better. I would love that. Like, I'm always open to Resident Evil doing whatever the hell it wants. Even if they have, you know, eight misses out of ten, I'm still going to love those two hits a lot. Like, a lot of the games in the Resident Evil series are among my favorites. Especially, like, recent ones, because it's just, it's more of that good shit. Like, Resident Evil 8, for instance, it's everything I love. I love all of that. I wanted more of it immediately. But... Resident Evil 4, I've played this so many times, and I still love the things I love about it, with some exceptions. And Resident Evil 5, I feel, is just, it's unfairly hated, you know? Obviously, you can hate on it, but I feel like it's to the point where it's just overbearing the level that people dislike it. I like Resident Evil 5, and when I played it, I enjoyed it. The big issues that I have with Resident Evil 5 are, again, it's the same thing that happened with Resident Evil 4, where it steps so far away from the reality that they've made in previous games that it actually, like, detracts from the game that they're trying to make. Like, you can't have Chris Redfield punching boulders and fighting people in a volcano. As weird as it sounds, like, in the Resident Evil universe, I think that was the step too far. And then it seemed like in Resident Evil 6, they tried to pull it back to reality. And when they did that, I understood what they wanted to do with Resident Evil 6. They wanted to kind of appeal to every audience that the the games have had. So they wanted to appeal to the people that love the original games with the Leon campaign. They wanted to appeal to the people that like Resident Evil 5 with the, the Chris campaign. They wanted to appeal to new players by giving you like the Jake and Sherry campaign. And then I don't know what the fuck they were doing with the eight one. They just like threw that one in there, but I get what they were going for with resident evil six. And they did make it kind of more reality based. Like if you look at resident evil six, there's nothing too crazy up until the very last, like two chapters of each scenario. When you find out that the president is trying to take over the world and then he turns into a giant T-Rex Everything previous to that works pretty well. Okay, so I was going to stop you well before that to point out I, I only really really remember Leon's campaign because that was the one I played first. I remember almost nothing from the other ones, but I played all of them. I played a lot of Resident Evil 6. I didn't like it too much, but there is a scene where Leon is trying to not crash a plane and it's all quick time events. And I'm pretty sure you go through a building while crashing that plane, controlled crashing, and it like slides through something like that. Or maybe that's a helicopter. And then, yes, the president turns into a T-Rex and you're in a like stadium shooting him with a minigun on a Humvee. And he looks like a, he looks like a meat monster. It, all the bosses in that game are terrible. 
Like that that game has a soft spot in my heart where I hate it, but it's like I'm not gonna do anything about it. I hate you. I'll let you know that. You're welcome to stay here, though. <laughs> Honestly, not all of the bosses were terrible. I feel like uh, there's the Ustanok, which is essentially just. In, I'm amazed uh, you remember his name. I remember it because I hate him so much because he just kept reappearing. You're talking to like, one it, of the few people that has all a thousand achievement points on Resident Evil Six on the Xbox 360. Thank you very much. So I played that oh game. Gosh, so why would much. You, why would you embarrass yourself like that? Because it was one of those games where I was like, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go hard. I'm going to go all the way. And I did the same thing with Resident Evil Five. I have all the achievements in that game as well. So like, I'm you're wow. talking to like a Resident Evil Five and Six veteran. I know those games probably better than most people know their favorite game. And I fucking you- dislike Resident Evil Six to no end. But it does have so like, if it wasn't for certain aspects of that game. Like the whole Chris campaign, because nobody really wanted the Chris campaign. Capcom thought people wanted the Chris campaign, but nobody really did. And with the exception of that campaign and some of the wackiness that happens in Jake's campaign and the shoddy controls, I think overall Resident Evil 6 would actually have been a good game. The problem is, like I said, they tried to do too much with it. They invested too much energy into making it like this huge event without actually like concentrating on what the gameplay was like and what the game was going to feel like. And that was the biggest issue with it. Because when you're shooting zombies as Leon, it doesn't feel like you're shooting zombies. It feels like you're shooting paper because they don't react. And then later on in the game, when you're fighting bosses, they are just bullet sponges. And that's not really what Resident Evil bosses are supposed to be like. They're almost supposed to be like puzzles half the time. So they, they just concentrated on the wrong things. But I think overall Resident Evil 6 could have been a good game if they were if they just like tweaked one or two things. I think it could have been great. I definitely agree because even when I first played it, I I was recording a playthrough with a friend. We were doing the co-op, which is another big thing. Resident Evil 5 introduced that and they pushed for that. And it worked well in Resident Evil 5 if you were playing with a friend. But the AI was arguably bad. But Resident Evil 6, there was an even bigger push for co-op. And I was playing it, and I I had a lot of the same sentiments. Like, there was things I liked about it. Like, I appreciated that the combat, the combat, like, the movement, at least, felt more fluid. Like, it felt like it was fun to do. However, the reactiveness of the enemies and the feel of the guns, it was so disappointing. And then I played the mercenaries for that once I had beaten it. And I was like, this feels better because it's just focusing on the combat. I don't have to worry about, you know, ammo management or anything, which somehow in the campaign, I'm not bad at playing Resident Evil games, but somehow in the the Leon's campaign, I kept running out of ammo. I was just in such a, a hard spot. And I feel like that's because they were trying to meet like survival horror and action and make a marriage between those. But it was just not working out. Like enemies were just taking so much ammo and you weren't getting any back. So it's just like, all right, well, I'll go fuck myself, I guess. And I think they realized that like they were definitely using Resident Evil 6 as a testing ground to see what people actually wanted for a campaign. Hence the like, you know, multiple stories. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we went to Resident Evil 5 and 6. Let's go back to Resident Evil 4 because Resident Evil 4 
is actually i would argue it was the last good resident evil for a long time like actually i wouldn't even say last good resident evil it was the last great resident evil game probably up until resident evil 7 and saying that is it's kind of i know it's going to shock a lot of people but just really think about it because between resident evil 4 and resident evil 7 you're resident evil 5 6 revelations revelations 2 and probably some spin-off games that i cannot think of but resident evil 4 was like the last time that resident evil was an event that didn't disappoint people and I'm going to go through the list of what Resident Evil did really well, and you can agree or disagree after the fact. But first of all, graphics, because graphics were fucking amazing in this game, with the exception mm. of probably some of like the, the bigger textures, but like nobody paid atten- attention to textures back in fucking 2005. But like, the- like you're playing on a CRT, it's like 12 by 12. You're barely seeing anything. This game looked fantastic. There's no argument to be made about that. Yeah, the character models... I would say when this game came out were the best I have seen since probably Metal Gear Solid 2. If I had to, if I had to like pinpoint the last game that I saw that was like, oh, this is uh, like completely groundbreaking, I would say it was probably Metal Gear Solid 2. And the next time that happened was this game. Let's see. After that, uh, mocap animations for cutscenes. Again, last time they did that was Metal Gear Solid 2. Metal Gear Solid 2 had really great cutscenes with really great animations. It looked like you were watching a movie. This game did the same thing, brought the whole, you know, storyline together in a way where it was like watching a movie, and a, a good movie, not like the Resident Evil movies. Those movies fucking suck. You had the enemy AI, which was spectacular, like nothing we had ever seen before. They were flanking people, they were, you know, taking I just got into the castle in my playthrough uh, today and the amount of different like flanking positions that enemies will take and set up ambushes and the way they'll react to like where you're moving is very strategic. So like, again, at the time, completely nobody was doing shit like this, which made the gameplay that much better because every situation you went into, it was kind of like, like the first time I played fear where the AI was so good that I couldn't just go in guns a blazing. I had to really strategically plan each movement going into every battle situation in order to survive. And if you just go in guns a blazing, that's not going to happen. And the game teaches you that right away. Uh, this is the first game that was actually true 3D in the Resident Evil franchise because previous to this, you had Code Veronica, which was still using kind of half-assed tank controls. Um, you had the addition of Mercenaries mode, which had been evolved from Resident Evil 3 and works really well in this game because of the way the controls work and the way the action is. And I would argue, this is my last like really like high point of the game, that the, the quick time events in this game, the things that were made popular by this game, worked the best here. Now, given there are some quick time events, like the fucking Krauser fight, which suck... But overall, the QTEs in this game make sense and they're fun and they actually service the story a little bit more because when you're in a cutscene and like a QTE pops up, it always seemed to pop up one when you kind of least expected it, but two where it should pop up in a cutscene, like where your character would actually have to do something. So if you're watching a cutscene and like a character drew a knife, you knew you're going to be getting into a fight. 
So yeah, you probably would need to press buttons to get out of that instead of just watching the character get out of that. And I would say that's for as far as like the best parts of this game, um, that's all I got. But together, all those things make for one hell of a game. And I I pretty much agree with all that. Like the uh, the mocap, I don't really have anything on with, but the graphics themselves look amazing. You know, you're seeing it as it's aged, which is totally fine. Like the game has aged incredibly well. Most games from back in the day, you can tell like when they were made. But this, you're, it's obvious that it's an older game, but it still looks great. That's why remaking it or like porting it hasn't really done anything. Like it still looks amazing. You do what you can. But like the gameplay is tight. The story doesn't matter, which for Resident Evil, for any other game, that would be a detracting factor where it's like, oh, well, the story doesn't matter. No, no, no. It's a Resident Evil game. You don't want story. You don't want the fucking story getting in there because it's just crazy. It's batshit. <laughs> you don't want that in in the midst of great gameplay. You don't want a terrible Resident Evil story there. And then uh, what, what were some of the last like three points? <laughs> uh, blanked. Move to 3D. So it was like the first game mm. that was like legitimately in 3D. You had mercenaries yeah. mode and you have good QTEs. The QTEs, like like you were saying, in the cutscenes, it's a good way to, you know, keep a player engaged. I know when I first played this game, I would just be like sitting back watching and then something would happen. I'd be like, oh, shit, and then fumble and then, you know, die. And you get to <laughs> see that. Then going forward, you're like, all right, I see what kind of game this is now. I see what we're doing. And then, you know, the QTEs, they aren't always something bad. Like you can stun an enemy go up and then execute a QTE to like, you know, do a little flip or something. You you can suplex enemies in this game. What other game can you do with that? I don't know. Probably some wrestling ones. <laughs> but things like that make this game so so lovely. And this game is is strange because it tries to do so much on top of already being just straight gameplay wise a fantastic base for like things going on but then it's adding in little things like towards the start of the game there's a little side mission to shoot some medallions to get a gun for free it's like all right that's a strange thing to add in thanks and then later on there's shooting galleries you can go to which that's how you get little collectibles and if you get them all you get some money like you could totally avoid that but if you want to do it it's there that's cool too. You're right. They do have side missions, which is one of the things that like none of the other games really had. Like you could, you really couldn't miss much going through the previous Resident Evil games. But this one, if you're not looking out for certain things, like you can go through without shooting the medallions. But if you want to take the time and actually look at the environment, yeah, you get a badass gun for shooting those blue medallions. And same thing with the shooting gallery. The shooting gallery is not fucking easy, especially with this control scheme. And like the way the laser pointer works on the guns, it can sometimes be a, a little bit harder to aim than like your first person shooter. But with that being said, you do well in the shooting gallery, you get cool shit for it. And it's just like one of those things that just like adds a little bit to the gameplay. And it's something that the, this is the first time that anybody had really added anything like that to a resident evil game. And I really appreciate it. Cause it made me feel like I was actually like engaging more 
with the whole game itself. But yeah, no, it's just, you know, there's so much going on. It's a lovely game. But then you get later on and it feels like the game goes on maybe just a bit too long. Because every time I've gone to play this, like, I, I love playing this game. It feels like at least once a year I'm playing through it. But then I get to the island and then I lose all motivation. And I've noticed this with Resident Evil games. This is my conspiracy theory time. For some reason, Resident Evil games just can't not have a lab or a ship. Usually it's like a bio lab. I don't know why they all feel the need to do this, but they always have to have something like that. And it's like this game starts with a village. Oh, that's super cool. It's real gothic. You go into a castle. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. This is awesome. It's all like vampiric and weird. Who's this little short Napoleon man? Whatever. His right hand comes off. Sure. Things like that. And then you get to the island and then it just gives up. There's no cool characters after that. Like there's Krauser. He's all right. He's cool, I guess. I don't know much about him. But it just feels strange at that point. And it feels like it lost a lot of steam. Yeah. I'm mainly thinking of the part where there's a helicopter. I don't really know how that got there. I don't really remember how it shows up. But uh, yeah, it kind of just phones it in at that point. And I would rather them have taken those first two sections, stretched out the village. You could probably keep the castle about where it's at because it's a a long section. It might be the longest part of the game. But like stretch out the village a little more and you just get rid of the island. I would and argue that it, the island isn't like required at all. The island is just... I, I feel like what happened was when Shinji Mikami was directing this game, he wanted to make an action game. That's how he made Dino Crisis. He wanted to make a more actiony Resident Evil. And then when he got to Resident Evil 4, he's like, "Listen, we're going to we're going to bait and switch the audience here. We're going to start the game as a solid horror experience." And it gets more like horror related as the game goes on if you notice for the first couple chapters because at first the it starts taking it takes place in daytime when you get to the village. And it's creepy because, you know, it starts off with a creepy, you're in the cabin and that guy turns around and you have to like kill him. And then you realize that these guys are trying to kill you and they're acting like psychopaths and it's a whole thing. Then you get to the village and that like takes it up a notch. And then by the time you get to around the time you rescue Ashley in the, I want to say it's probably the second chapter. I think when you actually like get to Ashley, it's dark out, it's raining, you have like these, uh, like the villagers are getting more dangerous because their heads are exploding and they got these fucking creatures coming out of them. And it just gets like super, super creepy. And then you get to the cash, castle and you're in like this cult environment with this gothic castle stuff. And then I feel like Shinji Mikami was like, yo, we gave them the horror shit. Now it's time for my action game. And then by the time you hit like the fourth and fifth chapters of the game, it just goes straight on balls to the wall action. And he does not give a fuck about the people that actually want to play a Resident Evil game. He's like, I'm making my action game and you guys can either like it or fuck off. And that's what I feel actually happened when he was making this shit. I feel like you're probably not too far off because that is an accurate you know, summation of the game. Like it starts off real slow. It builds up. But by the time you're at the end, you're just running through like the first few combat encounters in the beginning. 
they feel like you feel the weight of it. The first guy you take out, it's like, well, shit, it's him or me. And that one has a lot of weight. You you fight three guys after that, and it's like Jesus, that was a that was hard fought. But by the time you're towards the end, it's just like you're running through, you're shotgunning everyone. You're like, I just want to, I just want to get through this. There's so many enemies. I'm, I'm just, you know, shotgunning first aid sprays and herbs at this point. I just want to be done. Which is sad because it takes such a good game and kind of like throws it out the window for the last chapter just so that way i feel like he wanted to make a big finale too like he wanted something where he's like yeah you're gonna go through and there's gonna be a rocket launcher and the whole island's gonna explode and it's gonna be this big thing and it's like honestly like in all of the resident evil games those are the parts that are kind of the least fun and in my opinion when they they kind of they pretty much made resident evil 8 resident evil 4 if you look at it like they're almost the same game and the same fucking thing happens at the end of Resident Evil 8. You get to the very end of the game, and then they literally turn the game into fucking Call of Duty. And I'm just like, why? Like, you guys don't have to do this. Like, we don't need this huge epic finale. You honestly could just give me a boss that's scary as fuck and put me in, like, a tight space with them and have me, like, really struggle to beat them, and it would have so much of a greater effect. Like, the same thing, the same rules apply. If they would have done a boss fight, like, um, the the Resident Evil 7, like, I forgot the name, but the mother there, the one where, like, she fucking, like, breaks oh, through the... Yeah, when she, like, breaks through the cabin, and it's, like, a really fucking tense boss fight. If you would have gave me that as a finale in Resident Evil 8, it would have been so much more impactful. Instead, every time I think of Resident Evil 8, I think of the fucking running section at the end where you're just like in night vision goggles, like shooting fucking werewolves. Are you saying you don't think of the part where you're in a mecha, you're in a, a goddamn like homemade tank shooting at someone else's mecha? Like You don't think of that part when you think of Resident Evil 8? I probably blacked that part out. I love everything about Resident Evil 8, minus that one really out-of-place Chris segment. That was really weird. Like, you could you could just cut that out, you know? You don't need that. Because that's what it felt like. It's like, you know, the entire time you've been building your character, and then you just jump into a different one for, like, a quick second. It's like, well, hold up, why? And they did that in Resident Evil 7 as well. It's strange. I don't know what they're doing, but, like, you don't have to switch narratives. Like, just... I'll keep being me. You keep being the game. <laughs> but we can talk about that in a different time. Yeah. But they Back did the same. But they did the same thing here. Like they they had this really good foundation of a game and and going into chapters like uh like from 3 to 4 it's still kind of there. But by the time you hit the end of the game, it's just like this isn't this isn't even the same fucking game. Like you have an arsenal of weapons. There's a bunch of enemies with like actual fucking like crossbows and shit that you have to fight in RPGs. And you're just like, why? Like, why? Why did you guys do this? I think one of the main points I think of, one of the main points of division I think of between the start of this game and towards the end is when you first see Dr. Salvador, it's terrifying. You know, he's he's wearing a just burlap sack over his face. He has a chainsaw. He's just covered in blood. So he's already like an imposing man. You immediately understand like, oh shit, 
like you know to be afraid if that makes sense especially if you shoot him in the face because he's one of the only enemies that does not react when you shoot him he will just keep fucking coming at you unless you hit him with a shotgun it's it's amazing it's a great little twist on the gameplay because he shows up when you're already getting used to it how the game goes and then it switches on that it's fascinating but then the equivalent later in the game because you have to like keep stepping it up the equivalent at the end of the game is these giant men with miniguns i think their name is jj I, I may be mistaken on that but they just have actual guns at that point and then it's like all right well like it's, i'm not scared anymore it's yeah. just action at this point yeah that's what i always think of i'm like uh, th- that's where it goes wrong it's so sad too because this game is so good like every time i remember this game nobody wants to remember this game and remember that last fucking chapter they want to remember the the beginning of the game the village like all the way up through so i'm i don't know what they're going to do with the remake because they obviously have to keep like they have to keep some of those parts in you can't call it a remake and just get rid of the entirety of the fucking island but i think with the remake they definitely have an opportunity to take a game that's well remembered for the most part and make it something slightly different but that services what resident evil 4 should have been a lot better like if they can just get what resident evil 4 was going for and get that feel of the first three chapters all the way through the game i think they'll have something that's like the dead space remake where now everybody's saying the Dead Space remake is better than the original Dead Space because of the things they've done. I feel like they can really do that with the Resident Evil 4 remake. Like, make this game what it really should have been in the first place. And that's one of the good things about, you know, having the hindsight. We're in an age where, you know, you see, oh, such and such is getting remade. It's like, all right, well, yeah. But at this point, Resident Evil and Capcom, they've just, they've had some successes with it. So it's like, all right, even going back to when they remastered it on GameCube, like the remaster of one for GameCube, that's amazing. They added things to that and it still plays great. It's a terrifying game still. But now, you know, technology is so much more advanced. You have the ability to be like, all right, this is what worked about this. This definitely didn't work. We have seen it. It's a large sample size now. We know exactly what's going on what can we do without like pushing too far? That's going to be the trick though. They can't push it too far. Like I feel like either way, they're going to kind of be screwed. If they completely remove those sections of the game, the people that really love the original game are going to be pissed. But I also feel like a majority of the people that played the original game, like you and me think that that last section is its weakest area. So they're kind of in a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of situation, which is why I'm so excited to play this game because I really have faith in the team for what they're doing with these remakes. And I want to see how they're able to like appease both types of the audience. I know there was some division when the remake of three came out because it people felt it wasn't faithful or whatever. I never played three. I remember... I played, uh, I never played the original of three, I should say. Uh, I rem- played like 20 seconds of it, got confused because I was very young, and then I stopped. But I played the remake of three, and I was like, this is 
fucking amazing. I played it maybe nine times. I started learning the speed run route for it and having a lot of fun doing that because it is so just poignant in what it wants to do. The gameplay is tight. It's got just enough action in the combat, but also, you know, it's keeping you keeping you engaged. It's keeping you on your toes. That is totally fine by me. I enjoyed the hell out of that. So I think they'll I think they know a good balance between the horror and whatnot. And ultimately a lot of the horror for the remake of four is gonna come down to how they shoot it and what they do. I think the combat's gonna be pretty much relatively the same as the other two remakes. Like they've got a good method down. They know what they're doing at this point. And one of the things I appreciate about Resident Evil 4, the original, is that it is so singular. You could just wipe the 4 off of the name and be like, yeah, Resident Evil. And this game works perfectly. You don't need, you don't need any connection to a pre-existing IP or anything like that. And that actually it brings... Just, I have to say something about that, too. The reason that works so well is kind of one of my biggest issues with the original Resident Evil 4, like the like the one we're talking about today. And that's because like that this game's plotline essentially skips over everything that you're expecting Resident Evil 4 to be. So if you're playing the the franchise and it's back in 2005 and you play Resident Evil 1, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3 and Code Veronica, you're expecting Resident Evil 4 to be about taking down the Umbrella Corporation. And then when you actually get to Resident Evil 4, they're just like, "Oh, the Umbrella Corporation's gone. The president's daughter's kidnapped. Let's do this." And it goes right into it. And you're completely right. One of the best parts about the game is the fact that you don't need any backstory to really know what's going on. It helps because then you know the characters a little bit better. Like you know Leon a little bit more. You know Ada's backstory. You know who Wesker is. Like those things are important to the overall storyline of of Resident Evil. But if you're just going in and wanting to play a game, you don't need to know any of that going into Resident Evil 4 and you're still going to have a good time. You're still going to be able to know what's going on. And that's what I like about it is... The worst part of Resident Evil for me is the stories. I hate the stories so much. Like, they're they're terrible. They're so poorly written. But I get what they're going for. You know, this bioweapons company is bad. Sure. All right. Boom. Done. Cash the fucking check. I get it. But Resident Evil 4, I have skipped the cutscenes in this so much. I think I've only watched them once, and that was when I first played it. But I can still tell you everything that's going on. It's like you can sum it up in a few minutes because the story is just that non-existent. And in any other game, that would be a bad thing usually. But for this, it's perfect. Like, you don't need to know what you're doing. You just need to know, like, all right, I have to do it. That's fine. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't. it's not about rescuing the president's daughter. you got to stop this big bad dude because he's like, you know, he's doing bad things. That's what it comes down to. It's as simple as that. You're not getting muddied with, oh, Umbrella did it. Umbrella did everything in this goddamn game series. Did did the sun come up today? Fucking Umbrella. Unbelievable. This game doesn't give a shit about that. They'll mention it just because it's like, we got to make sure it's a Resident Evil game. But it's like, who's this dude with sunglasses who's like just sitting there telling people to go kill this man? Oh, it doesn't matter. 
his name is Wesker, sure, whatever. Things like that don't matter in this. It's funny that you say that too, because I personally love the Resident Evil story up until probably like uh, the Resident Evil like five era when they start going into Neo Umbrella and the BSAA and all that stuff. And I think that's what's so cool about this. Like you could give a shit less about the storyline where I geek out over the storyline of Resident Evil um, only because I think it's like it was such a good idea that was pretty much wasted. Like, yeah, Umbrella is the cause of all these problems. And it's kind of like stupid because, yes, it's just a company making bioweapons. Rah, rah, rah. But I think the fact that they took something like zombies and made it semi-believable with by using Umbrella as like a vector, like Umbrella is the one doing all this stuff and having all these different things that kind of link together that's what keeps me interested. Like the fact that they have characters that span the majority of the games and are all interconnected in some way, kind of like an anime, um, really like it, I don't know. It keeps bringing me back to the franchise with that being said, I think everything post resident evil five up until you get to resident evil seven is kind of garbage. Like the revelations games really don't add anything to the plot. Um, like, all the side stuff really doesn't matter too much. And I really love the, the raccoon city era of the games. Um, and even code Veronica X to some extent, just because it, it, it's those original characters. I feel like if they do a good job with resident evil four, they'll tweak the story. So that way it's more digestible, a little bit less crazy and actually keeps you liking the characters. Because when I finished the resident evil two remake, I was like, Leon is a badass in that game. Whereas before, I didn't think Leon was a badass until I played like all of Resident Evil 4. So I feel like giving those characters a like a story where they can grow and become even more likable than their like legacy characters were in the previous games, I think that will get people more invested in the stories overall, which is a, a huge thing like you want people to want to listen to what's coming next and pay attention to the new stories that are coming so if they do a good job in resident evil 4 who knows maybe the the storyline will get back on track and we don't have to listen to the nonsense that was resident evil 5 resident evil 6 and revelations bullshits get remade i think most of my problem with the storyline of resident evil games like the entire game series storyline not just singular ones is that it feels like the video game equivalent of a soap opera because you have these characters who they have had like 30 different backstories like get to resident evil 6 and tell me what chris's backstory is in a concise singular narrative this man has done so many things and it's named Resident Evil 6, so it must be a continuation of 5. When the fuck did this man have time to sleep or do anything? He has loved and lost and loved and lost so many times. It's like that shit. And then they just keep intertwining the same like five characters. But then they'll introduce someone like Carlos, and it's like, oh, when is he coming back? They'll introduce new characters... And then never bring them back, but they'll bring back Jill and Leon and Wesker just countless times. And it's like, what makes them better? 
I personally would love to see Sheffa come back, but she's never coming back. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? Why don't you just, like, settle down and figure out your story? The reason why That's is un- because they're Capcom, and they like making really, sh- like, shitty CG movies That's about these characters. That's part of my problem. <laughs> That's part of my problem is they do it, and they're fine with it. They don't care. And I... As much as I dislike that, I respect the fuck out of not caring. Yeah, Chris is punching a boulder. Fuck you gonna do about it. You're the one playing it. And it's like, goddamn right I am. Like, the stories make no sense, and they're fine with it. They don't care. Try watching one of the Resident Evil movies without having a question. Try taking it as a concise narrative. It's impossible. It makes no sense, and they're fine with it. And that's what gets me. That's what makes me go, you motherfuckers. Like, because the games are great. I love a lot of the games, but the stories are all terrible. But I would love nothing more than to see them sit down and be like, all right, let's think of a story and figure out how it ends at the same time as we're writing it instead of just building the track while we're riding the train, you know? It's like, all right, and then... Because all the games have to have a concise ending. I don't know why, of all things, the Resident Evil games are always like, it has a start and an end in this game. We don't lead into sequels in this series. It's like, well, why not? You're going to keep doing this. You're the game series that will just keep making games. It would be like if Silent Hill tried to have a cinematic universe of shit, which I guess they kind of do in later shitty games, but... Like Silent Hill 2, start, end. Like, perfect. It's a great story. So here's the thing. I I separate two things. I separate the story from the melodramatic characters. I personally think that the original times that they ran through this storyline, it's weird saying the original time that they ran through the storyline, but like, you know what I'm saying. From Resident Evil, original Resident Evil 1, all the way through Resident Evil fucking 8 at this point, the characters that they developed in those original games were so campy and so filled of like melodramatic bullshit that there was no other way for the plot to really go once these characters became beloved. Like once people really started liking them, I feel like they they wrote the plot that they they thought was best for them based on what they were in the past. And one of the things that I really like about what they're doing with the franchise now that they're going through the entirety of the franchise again in reboots is these characters are now way more believable than they were the original time through. And I think they're going to kind of do away with a lot of the melodramatic bullshit that was in the original games and replace it with like a legitimate coherent storyline. And I like just, (laughs) excuse me, what they should really do is completely get rid of, like, just ignore the fucking movies. Nobody cares about the the actual movies or the CG movies. So just ignore those, concentrate on the games, make the plot of Resident Evil 4 coherent, don't do 7,000 throwbacks to the previous games, but allow for whatever comes after Resident Evil 4 to build off what you're making. That's really all they have to do. Like... The problem with Resident Evil 4 and beyond that really ruined the franchise was all the fucking callbacks to every other character in the previous games. It fucking ruined it. 
It really did. Like, every game had to have fucking Wesker in it. Every game had to have, like, a fucking Leon or Chris or Jill mention in it. Every game had to call back to these characters. It's like, no, you can really just concentrate on making concise stories that don't need to have all these callbacks. The one time it happened in Resident Evil 3 was my favorite, one of my favorite scenes of the games, and that's when you see, uh, fuck, I can't remember his name, the officer from Resident Evil 2 that gets bit and oh. gives you the key card. Uh, it's going to fucking bug me. I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. But when you see him get the, bit by... The one Br- in the station. Yeah. In Resident Are you Evil- talking Brad Vickers? No, no. Brad Vickers bites... Uh, Bites the officer. Fucking, I, it's going to bug me that I can't remember his name. But in Resident Evil 3, you see Brad Vickers bite him. And then he runs into the police station. And then after that, that's when he meets Leon or Claire, depending on which scenario you, you do. And that's really the only callback to Resident Evil 2 Remake that Resident Evil 3 Remake has. And all it's telling you is how that officer got bit before Leon and Claire got there. There's no other bullshit backstories. The The only other thing they call back to is the fact that Claire is in Resident Evil 2 because she's looking for her brother. That's it. There's no crazy other bullshit side stories involved with that. So they're doing a really good job of making this plot far more linear and way less like... I don't know, fucking, it, it, like, I feel like the plots of all the original mainline Resident Evil games were, like, somebody had all the names on a fucking piece of paper and then just, like, scribbled a bunch of lines trying to fucking connect them together and, like, somehow make a way for it to work. Whereas these games feel far more, like, segmented, if you would, so that way you don't need all this other information to really enjoy the game. Kind of like Resident Evil, the original Resident Evil 4 did, but I feel like they're going to do it a lot better this time and have even less stuff linking it to the previous games. His name is Marvin, by the way. Fucking Marvin. Thank you. God damn it. I couldn't remember his name. But that's that's pretty much summing up how I feel on it. Like, I've always felt the Resident Evil games, the series, like they would just go through their stable of people and be like, all right, Leon, now we just did him. Chris, sure, this game has Chris in it somewhere. Fuck it. Like, they take one of the big people, like one of the movie stars, we'll say, and then add them in, and then they'll make some some characters up. Like, there's one in Revelations that is burned into my brain. I hate him so much. His name is Quint. I hate him. I wish him nothing but terrible days. I hate him. But, like, they, they just throw these characters in, and then... It's like they're going to the bathroom. They just flush it away. It's like, all right, that one's done. Flush it. We're done. It's like, why bother making new characters if you're not going to use them? And if you're just going to keep relying on the same, like, core six of them, you need to figure out what their characters are first. You got to figure out what their backstory is. You can't keep changing it, but then also calling it, like, Resident Evil 9 or whatever. Like, Ethan Winters is a great character. I love him. He's a fantastic guy. You play seven, you understand he's just a dude. By the time you get to eight, you're like, man, Ethan, we're going through this again. It's same shit, different day. And he's also at that point, he's like, motherfucker, I'm so fucking done. And he's gotten more snarky. He's gotten more just beaten down. But he's still trying because the stakes are there. 
And that's totally fine. I write off so much for that character because I'm like, I know who he is. I know what he's capable of. And I know what he's going through. I know what his character is. And to me, Resident Evil 4 always was trying to be a soft reboot of the series because of how just singular it can be. You look at Leon, he's just hardened, he's mysterious a bit. You get When you see Ada, it's like, who is that? It's very clearly like if you play Resident Evil 2, you're like, oh, that's Ada, she's alive. But if you're just coming at Resident Evil 4 as its own game, you're like, wait, who is that? And then you find out she's like some badass secret agent. Wesker's barely in it because why would you need to know who he is? All you need is that he's a shadowy figure who's hiring these people to come fuck you up. It's like, what do you need to know about Krauser? Well, he immediately tells you he knows Leon from a past life. Sure, fuck it. That's all you need. This game was always meant to be a soft reboot because they knew the story was just going so fucking far away. And then somehow that got mixed up. That message got lost. That's how I've always interpreted it, at least. I do think that the Resident Evil 4 story is great for just being a standalone story. I hope they continue that. But with this being said, it's the last thing I'm going to really say about the storyline for Resident Evil. And I'm not going to defend it. But I hope when they do Resident Evil 5, I don't think they'll do this. But when they do Resident Evil 5, I would rather them not include Chris and not include Wesker. And instead just make it a Sheva story and figure out a way to make it its own kind of standalone thing. And I think I would probably enjoy Resident Evil 5 a lot better than what I originally did. And the same thing kind of goes for Resident Evil 4. I kind of hope they don't put like Wesker in the Resident Evil 4 remake. I, I just don't feel like the game needs it. And that's the thing you like, when I say I skip the cutscenes now, it's like, what am I gaining from it? Like, Wesker's not there if you skip the cutscenes, and that's totally fine. The game, you understand the story, and the game plays exactly the same. Like, it's totally fine. So, if you wanted to, if you wanted to truncate that, you easily could just edit him out. Like, so many of the things you can get rid of. Ada's character? What do you mean, Ada's character? Like, that's, she is exactly who she always has been in this game. You know everything you need to know. She's mysterious. She has motives. She's a femme fatale. Like, you know, it's like a noir story. Like, you don't need to know that. Like, you don't need to know her entire backstory because that's not the point. Her character is mysterious by design. So knowing her backstory is to the detriment. And with Resident Evil 5, I'm actually amazed there was a character, Josh, in it who knew Sheva. And it feels weird that she's just paired up with Chris, but that just speaks to Capcom being like, well, we can't have two new characters as the playable ones. We'll just do one and then have Chris in there for some reason. Which, I love that because Chris looks nothing like his original creation. He is just steroided out in 5. It's fantastic. He's amazing. But it's neither here nor there. When they do do 5, maybe they'll do something else. Maybe... Who, well, who knows how the remake of 4 will go? Who knows what they'll learn from that? And that's what I appreciate about Capcom is they're always learning. But what this does make me hopeful for is remaking Dead Rising. Because <laughs> god damn do I want that game series to continue and not be an embarrassment. Yeah, 
I I agree with that. That like the a remake of the original Dead Rising would be so fucking cool. Just so fucking cool. Cuz it's been shit probably probably since Dead Rising 2. Like Dead Rising 2 I actually enjoyed. Everything after that was like very mediocre. I, I kind of enjoyed Desert Dead Rising 3, but that's only because it was like No, definitely. Yeah, it, it definitely wasn't what the originals were I, w- I would kill for a fucking remake of dead rising at this point uh, i think it's that franchise is dead though i don't think that they even I, just, I don't think they even think that there's a like a fan base for that game anymore i think the people they just assume that nobody likes it it's kind of fucked because like zombies were big back in the 2000s like early on and now it's kind of dead like i don't even know if the walking dead is still going on but it should have died like four years ago at least like things like that zombie media is kind of it's dead so we gotta make it undead (laughs) no but sadly i'm inclined to agree feels like dead rising probably won't come back especially after the just abortive behavior of uh dead rising 4 I got that for like two dollars, and I couldn't play more than thirty minutes of it. I hated it. Yeah, just so bad. It took away everything that the series should have been because it took away the time limit. So there was like no urgency in that game. It was just like ah, you just stick around. Anyone saying they appreciate no time limit misses the point entirely. I hate that because then it just turns into every other sandbox game. Why do people want that? I'll never know. But if the remakes of Resident Evil games has shown us anything, it's that Capcom is out of their fucking minds. And I love it. I love their crazy ideas. And I'm here for it. I want them to continue succeeding. Because when Konami was like, oh, Silent Hills, that shit ain't happening. Pachinko machines. Capcom being the fun little scavengers they are, they're like, hey, you guys wanna, you guys like first person horror games? Resident Evil is now a first-person horror game. What do you mean we've never done it? We had a light gun game that was first-person. We've done it. No, it's not because Silent Hills isn't coming out. It's because we really wanted to do this. And they come out with Resident Evil 7, and it fucking slaps. I don't know if you remember the demo for Resident Evil 7, but that shit was like the Resident Evil version of PT. And you can go back to that and see it. Because it's all mysterious, like, oh, how do you get the actual ending? But it's actually achievable because it's Capcom, and they're like, I don't know, just make it, like, kind of a puzzle. It's, like, <laughs> totally fine. And I love that. Capcom is are geniuses in their own way. So I hope they keep coming up with crazy ideas, keep making Resident Evil games, but also, at some point, they have to learn how to make them good. You can't just remake and do it poorly. At some point, they're going to have to make a new game. I mean, they uh, Resident Evil 7 and Resident Evil 8 are both new games, and they're both really good in their own right, with the exception of probably the endings of both games. And I think they can probably, like I said, if they're going to use Resident Evil 4 as a jumping point, just reboot the franchise and go from there. And I think they'll do great with it, because this franchise has so many fans that if they just keep the quality of work that they're putting out now all the way through, I don't think they'll miss. I think they'll keep making money. They're in such a good place right now. You know, Resident Evil 7 smashed it. The DLC just went crazy with it. People loved it. Like, 
Resident Evil 8 comes out, everyone is on board. It's Capcom at their height. You know, you got the, you got all the interesting characters. There's not a single character in Resident Evil 8 I dislike. I'm like, fuck it. All of them are great. Fuck it. I love it. it that game makes me feel so warm inside because I love it so much. And then you got the remakes that came out. They smashed it, you know. And then they're just like, when is this train going to stop? I don't see it stopping for a while. So I'm real hopeful. Like the Resident Evil 4 one, I'm going to say it's just going to do well. I'm going to enjoy it. But after that, I'm real hopeful they'll have a great idea for what to do after that. And I really think that rebooting it is the way to go. Because like, you know what worked and what didn't work. And you can just go from there. You can, you know, take some time. You've had your successes. Now it's time to really focus on how to make it better. I agree. They're doing a, they're doing a good job so far. So I can't complain with what they're doing. All of the Resident Evil remakes that I've played so far have been fucking phenomenal. From original all the way up to Resident Evil 3. And people that shit on the Resident Evil 3 remake are stupid. I'm calling you out right now. The Resident Evil 3 remake took out everything that was kind of crappy in the original Resident Evil 3. Made the storyline like coherent. Made the gameplay fun the entire way through. And yeah, so what if Nemesis wasn't fucking hounding you like Mr. X was? It still He still did his job. He was still like a threat the entirety of the game. So fuck you people. I think Resident Evil 3 remake was bad. And I'm sure Resident Evil 4 remake is going to be just as good as the previous remakes were, if not better. Absolutely. And I think that's a pretty good place for the series to be at. They've got a great head start. And, you know, it's I'm excited. I'm excited, to say the least, to see where Resident Evil goes after this. Because I think calling Resident Evil 4 the remake already... Because you're building off of a game that's already great. I think calling it a safe bet for people enjoying it, like, it's hard to fuck up. But I think beyond that, I'm hopeful, which... You know, after five, I was very much not hopeful for six. Yeah. But, you know, right now I'm like, hell yeah, whatever they do after this remake of four, probably going to be good. Probably be playable at least. Yeah. And right now, the only thing I've seen people complain about online as far as Resident Evil 4 goes have been the rain effects when it's raining outside, which is kind of reasonable, but who knows what they're going to do before that game launches to, to like tweak and fix things. Right now, the rain effects on the uh, like outside just look shitty. And if that's what you're fucking nitpicking at, you know the rest of the game is good. Like they're not saying shit about any other part that they've shown of the game. Just like eh, the rain effects could be better, which is such like a fucking just like benign thing to bitch about. I I try to go into games like I do with movies, where I try I don't watch the trailers or anything. But I have seen some gameplay for Resident Evil 4 Remake. And um, I haven't seen too much to dislike about it. I've tried to keep very low on it because I don't want to get expectations. But obviously when you say it's a remake of Resident Evil 4, it's like, well, that's in my top like five or ten favorite games. So it's already, you know, expectations are already up there. But I think nitpicking at this point is just, why? Why bother? Play the game and then see. Especially something like that where it can just be fixed later, which is where we're at with games now, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it's it's such a stupid thing to bitch about. But with that being said, I feel like uh, this is a good place to end it. This is supposed to be a short one, and we still ended up doing like an hour and 30 minutes. Well, it's also like easy to go into other games. I mean, we covered some of the other ones a little bit. We probably don't need to do an episode on Resident Evil 3 Remake or 2, really, because it's like, you know, we talked about what we could with that. There's not much to really say besides just talking about the story and if that's what you listen to a podcast about games for it's like all right fair <laughs> enough but it's also just to get thoughts and general ideas for it and also talking about the future of it so i think it's worth the extra few minutes yeah it was comprehensive and now we never have to talk about resident evil 5 or 6 again which i'm totally fine with i'm completely fine with that as well <laughs> still still potential for the later editions though because Boy, do they take some bold risks that arguably pay off. Yeah, that's true. We're definitely going to do a Resident Evil 7 and 8 one, though. Especially because, like, my opinions of 8 and your opinions of Resident Evil 8 differ differ slightly. Oh, interesting. I actually didn't know that, but that'll be for another time. Yeah. We can end it here. Is there anything that you want to tell the audience before we uh, we click our uh, end I, buttons? I don't know where to put this in, but... I got my start on YouTube, not my start, but my big break on YouTube, the Resident Evil 4 videos, those blew up my channel, and then I wasted that opportunity. So Resident (laughs) Evil 4, thanks for that. Uh, I failed you. Maybe I'll come back at some point. Nice. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Thank. I'm going to thank my guest Harrison for coming on, as always. Um, thank you dave my you're literally like my survival horror guy now so this is good because it is my favorite genre it's also mine i've been playing signalis but that's for another time oh we're I definitely gonna horror. we're gonna have a signalis one yeah for sure but yeah okay we're gonna end it here um make sure those of you listening that you follow us or subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice and i hope to have you all back next week Have a good one, folks. Bye.